Yeah, Orchard Church, can we celebrate 192 people last weekend at Orchard Church that went public with their faith and believers' baptism. It was a historic weekend at Orchard. We have never had that many people baptized uh, in our services on a weekend. It was incredible. We praise God also the fact that the pool stayed intact. We didn't burst the pool. Uh, we didn't drown anybody. Um, and I'll tell you this, if you were one of the people that got baptized like the first 100, not the last 92, the water was much clearer than it was by 192. We baptized our last person was a student in fuel student ministry. He was 192, and I kind of felt bad for him, but he's a teenage guy. They don't take showers anyway, so it was, it was all good. But it was an incredible weekend. Uh, let me tell you where that puts us for our 2020 vision. When God moved us into this new building, new facility about a year ago in November, we were given by God, our leadership team, a vision, a 2020 vision by the end of the year 2020 that we would see 5,000 new people say yes to Jesus, 1,500 people go public with their faith and baptism and start at least one new Orchard Church location. So with the 192 that were baptized last week and the 400 and some that were baptized last year, I've got some good news and some bad news. Uh, the good news is we're over a third of the way uh, to our goal of 1,500 people. We're actually ahead of the game. The bad news is the number is exactly, believe it or not, 666. That's how many people have been baptized. So I don't know how to take that. I don't know if that's like in your face, Satan, we baptized 666, or if Satan is trying to stop what God is doing. But hey, we want to get to 667 and beyond as quickly as possible. So we're going to pull the pool out here in a minute. And if anybody wants to get baptized today... We're going to try to get past that number. But no, seriously, we are going to have our next baptism. People have already been asking. Uh, we've decided to do something. We did this about, ah, oh gosh, eight years ago, but haven't done it since. We're going to have baptism at every one of our services for Easter this year. And so it's going to be a really special baptism to display life change and the resurrection. And we believe we're going to have hundreds of people on Easter weekend say yes to Jesus and immediately go public with their faith in baptism. So if you're still one that needs to be baptized, you can sign up for that next one coming up in about six weeks uh, for Easter. But listen, um, we say it all the time. Uh, you may not know every story here at Orchard Church, but when you pray for people, when you live on mission and you invite people, when you give generously, you may not know every story, but you have a part in every story of life change that is taking place here at Orchard Church. And no, there's nowhere that this is more true and evident than for those people that serve on a ministry team um, week in and week out here at Orchard Church. When you serve here, Orchard Church, you have a direct uh, part in every story of life change that's taking place. Now, if you don't serve, you can still be happy for these people and you can celebrate, but it's kind of like celebrating from the stands. It's kind of like celebrating from the sidelines instead of being on the field and being in the game. There's just something about being a part and being in the game of helping people find and follow Jesus. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Joining God where God is already at work. We believe uh, in that here at Orchard Church. When we, Shelly and I, our family stepped out in faith to move to Denver 14 years ago uh, to plant Orchard Church, what we realized was we really didn't start anything. God started this church. 
We just joined God where he was already at work to start a life-giving, healthy, life-changing church in this community. And we said, man, we see God is at work and we wanna be a part of that. And we've been a part of that now going on almost 14 years. And we've just, man, it's been the ride of our life and we're trying to stay out of the way and not mess it up. But, but that's what I want you to think about, that if when you step up to serve on a team here at Orchard Church, you are joining God where he's at work. Can we agree, Orchard Church, that God is at work through Orchard Church to help people find and follow Jesus? Absolutely. And we wanna encourage you to live that mission out to help people find and follow Jesus by serving on a ministry team. Uh, we are a church that makes disciples. We're a disciple-making church because that's what Jesus told us. Go and make disciples, followers of Jesus. And our process and discipleship pathway to do that is called reach, relate, reproduce. Reach primarily happens on the weekend. Um, relate happens in our small group ministry and it also happens in serving. We talk a lot about getting connected in relationships through small group, but one of the best ways to get connected into the life and family of Orchard Church and what God is doing and getting to know new people is to step up and serve on a ministry team. Because you may wait a little while to get in a small group or maybe the semester is kind of in the middle and you're like, well, I'm going to wait till next semester or it's summer and a lot of our groups are taking a break. But if you're new to Orchard Church and you would say, this is my church home now. This is my church family. This is where I worship. You can sign up to serve on a team and start serving next week and you immediately are going to get to know people that you're serving with. You're going to build relationships. And here's the good news. Here's why we're talking about this today. Because God created us as followers of Christ to serve. God created us to serve. He designed us to serve. He gifted us to serve. He called us to serve. The apostle Paul talked about this in Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. And here's what he said about believers in Jesus Christ. For we are God's masterpiece. Man, that's some good news today, isn't it? We don't always feel like a masterpiece, but in God's eyes, you're a masterpiece. We're a masterpiece. For we are God's masterpiece. He has, what church helped me out? He has created us anew in Christ Jesus when we put our faith in him so we can do the, let's say it together church, so we can do the good things. Everybody say good things. things. Turn to your neighbor and say good things. We have been created so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. God has created us and made us and designed us to do good things. And I can't think of a better thing that we could be doing with our lives than being on mission to help people find and follow Jesus. There's nothing better than that. There's nothing more exciting and fulfilling than that, than that. And when we serve on a ministry team at Orchard Church, that's exactly what we're doing. I think it was Rick Warren that I heard say this many years ago. You have it in your notes and I love this. He said this, it's not the duration of your life that matters, but the donation of your life. That's really good. It's not the duration of our life that matters in the end. It's the donation of our life. What are we doing with our life that God has given us? What are we, how are we giving back? When you serve on a team here at Orchard Church, you make a tremendous difference and impact for the kingdom's sake. I want to share a story with you um, about Jesus with his disciples. Um, if you take out your Bibles right now, your mobile devices, turn to the Gospel of John in your New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. And let me kind of set the context as you're getting there this morning. In John 13, 1, Jesus is at the end of his earthly ministry and he's been with his disciples for about three and a half years. He has gathered them in an upper room to celebrate the Passover meal like they would do every year in the Jewish nation. 
But as we, many of us know, he's going to turn that Passover meal into something different. We know it today as the Lord's Supper, as communion. But he's going to do something significant at this meal that is going to blow the minds of the disciples. It is going to be so unexpected, it's going to be a jaw-dropping experience, what Jesus is about to do in this upper room. Let's pick up the story in John chapter 13, verse one. And it says this, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Okay, this is a freebie. If you're looking for Bible names for your babies in the Bible, Judas is one you wanna avoid. Okay, that's not a good one. You you wanna skip that one. Jesus knew that the father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and he would return to God. Jesus knew exactly who he was. He was the son of God, the savior of the world, the Lord of our life, but he was also God in the flesh. He knew who he was, and that's why what he's about to do is gonna be so mind-blowing to the disciples. He would be the least likely person in the room to do what Jesus is about to do, being that he is God. And so verse four says, so knowing who he was, he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, serving them, drying them with the towel he had around him. And when Jesus did this, they would have been blown away. Now it wasn't, odd for someone to wash their feet when they would come into a house because uh, they would most of them wore sandals and they walked on dirty streets Um, there was no pavement it was just dirt roads and so when they would go into a house the master of the house would have a servant and it was the servant's responsibility to serve the people and the guests coming into the house by washing their feet but they're already in the house and of all the people, it wasn't a servant, it wasn't one of the other disciples, it wasn't even the master of the house, it was Jesus himself, God in the flesh, that gets up and starts serving the disciples. This blew their mind. He starts by getting up and he takes off his robe, his outer garment. Today we would say it like he kind of rolled up his sleeves. He's getting ready to go to work and serve. I thought about at this point to illustrate it, just ripping off my shirt, but I didn't want to cause anybody to stumble. So I decided against that, you know? And my wife said, please don't do that, okay? And, And then it says, after he took off his robe, getting ready to serve, he picked up a towel. He picked up a towel. Now, the other gospels tell us who's seated at this meal, the 12 disciples, and it tells us where some of them are seated. And Jesus, if he is here uh, sitting down, then on one side of him is John, the disciple he loved uh, very deeply, the beloved John. Um, We could almost say kind of one of his favorites. You know, he said, well, Jesus didn't have favorites. Well, he kind of did. And so John's on one side. And then on the other side of Jesus is Judas, the guy that is already planning to betray him. So you got a good guy on one side and a pretty bad evil guy on the other side. Jesus gets up, takes off his robe, he picks up a towel. Now, I, I don't know, just, he, just whatever towel was laying around, whatever he grabbed, but probably it was something like this. Get that on the screen. Make sure we get that for everybody to see. Picks up a really awesome spiritual towel. Who else besides me is excited about the Rockies upcoming season? It's gonna be a good one. Now, I believe he picked up this towel from his beloved John. And this would have been the towel that John gave him. 
I can't prove this theologically, but I don't think he got it from Judas because if he would have got the towel from Judas, this would have been a Dodgers towel, okay? It probably would not have been a Rockies towel. That's for you, Adam, all right? It would have probably been something else. But he, he picks up this towel and, and he rolls up this towel and he ties it around his waist. He pours water into a basin and he starts going around and washing the feet of the disciples. He's serving them and he's drying their feet with the towel and they're just what is Jesus doing? They're blown away by this. We know this because watch what happens in the story. It says in verse six, when Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you gonna wash my feet? I can't believe you're doing this. And Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you'll never wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who is bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him, Judas. That is what, what, what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. All of you except Judas are clean. He's a Dodgers fan. He's not clean, okay? <laughs> I added that, took a little liberty there. Verse 12, after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and he sat down. He looked around the table with his disciples and he asked them a question. He asked them this, do you understand what I was doing? And they probably didn't understand. They were like, this was not expected. He says this, you call me teacher and Lord and you are right because that's what I am. I am teacher, I am Lord, I am master, I am savior, I am who I am. That's the name for God. I, I, I am the great I am. And yet I just did the most unexpected thing. I served you, I served you. He, he says in verse 14, and since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Now, let's understand what Jesus is telling us here. He's not saying literally every time we come to church, we all should take off our shoes and socks and we should get down and wash each other's feet. That's just what he did to serve them. It was a picture of serving. That's just how he chose to serve them. He's saying to serve them. We know this because he goes on and says, I've given you what church? I've given you an example to follow. I served you so you could serve others. And he says it very clearly, do as I have done to you. Do as I've done to you. Don't just talk about it. Don't just think about it. Don't just consider it. Do it. Because this is what disciples of Jesus do. Disciple means follower. We do what Jesus did. We serve. He says this, I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their masters, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, let's say it nice and loud together, church. God will bless you for doing them. God will bless you for what? doing them. Not God will bless you for knowing them. Not God will bless you for praying about them. Not God will bless you for seeing other people do them. God will bless you for doing them. Doing what? Picking up the towel and living this out and serving like Jesus. J Jesus, in essence, said this, I am Lord, I am Savior, I am God, I am creator, but I am servant first. I serve. I am servant first. I mean, isn't that the kind of boss we want to work for? A servant boss? Isn't that the kind of coach we want to play for? A servant coach? Isn't that the kind of kids, parents that we want to produce? Kids that know how to serve, to think about others better than themselves? I, I know I do. And Jesus says, we're blessed 
when we do the same thing Jesus did, we serve. In one of the other gospels, in Matthew chapter 20, Jesus said it this way, I did not come to this earth to be served. I came to serve and give my life as a ransom, as a payment for the sins of many of the whole world. If you don't hear anything else I say, hear this. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you've said yes to Jesus, you put your faith and trust in him, you and I are never more like Jesus than when we pick up the towel and serve. We, and I'm glad one person agrees with me. I was hoping for more, all right? So let, let me say that again. As a follower of Jesus, you and I are never more like Jesus than when we pick up the towel and serve. And we're blessed when we serve, when we do this. This is so important to us, important to God and what he's called us to. We've made it one of our core values here at Orchard Church. We have 11 uh, core values. You can see them on the wall, but we don't want them just to be on the wall. We want them to be lived out in the hall as we walk around. And here's one of our core values. You have it in your notes. We are church contributors, not consumers, amen? We wanna be church contributors, servants, not consumers. Why? Because this is what God has called us to be. This is what God has called us to do. We are church contributors, servants, not consumers. And I wanna just take a moment right now and I just wanna thank all of you who have been faithfully serving on a ministry team here at Orchard Church. You have been living out this value. You may not know this, but it takes over 300 people on any given weekend serving here at Orchard Church for weekends to happen and for them to take place. And so here's what I wanna do right now. Um, I wanna ask you, if you have served at least one time in 2019, in the last couple of months, would you just stand right now? Stand up right now. And Orchard Church, can we just give a big round of applause and appreciation for those that faithfully serve here at Orchard Church? Come on, church, give it up for them. Amen. These are people who are living on mission to help people find and follow Jesus. They're not just watching what God is doing. They have a part in what God is doing. They've joined God where he is at work. They have said, we're gonna pick up the towel like Jesus and we're gonna serve like Jesus. And, and they're making a difference in this church, in this community. And, and I just wanna share my heart with you right now as your pastor. For those of you that consider Orchard Church your church home, this is where you choose to worship there's, there are so many areas of this church in the last 14 years that God has blessed us and just blown us away with his goodness. Um, we, one of our values is we focus on church health, which fosters church growth. We don't focus on growth, we focus on being healthy. And there are a lot of areas that we are one of the healthiest churches in America, as we've been part of studies where they, they study the, the healthiest churches in America. And when it comes to reaching people um, with the gospel of Jesus Christ, seeing lives changed, people getting baptized, um, we are one of the healthiest churches in the United States. We're in the top 10 healthiest churches. Last year, uh, we had the privilege of being in Outreach Magazine's top 100 fastest growing churches in the United States. We were the seventh fastest growing church in the nation last year. We were the number one fastest growing church west of the Mississippi. And we praise God for that. But listen, we don't celebrate that just for numbers sake. It's not about numbers, but every number has a name. And every name has a story, and every story matters to God, and it matters to us. We've had over 3,000 people say yes to Jesus just since we moved into this facility. Last year in 2018, yeah, we could, let's celebrate that, amen. 
Last year, we grew uh, by 37% when we moved uh, from the high school at Prairie View. We met in for 11 years to this building. We, we grew by 37%. We've seen over 650 uh, people go public with their faith and baptism. All of those numbers put us in the top 5 to 10% of the healthiest churches when it comes to reaching people for Christ in the entire nation. And we praise God for that, and we pray that never changes. Amen? That's the good news. But there's some areas as a church family that we can improve in, we can grow in, we can mature in. And, and there's no area that I could point out that we need to grow in more than in the area of serving. When we compare Orchard Church and the percentage of people that call Orchard Church their home that serve to the healthiest churches in America, we're not in the top 10%. We're not in the top 50%. We're in the bottom 10%. The bottom 10%. Last, in, this year in 2019, the percentage of people that have served even just one time a month is 24%. Only 24%. That puts us in the bottom 10% of healthiest churches in America. That means 76% of the people that call Orchard Church, their church home, a church family, haven't served one time this year. Three out of four people that come to Orchard aren't serving on a ministry team anywhere. They're not living on, on mission. And, and, and we want to see that change. We want to invite you to step into what God is doing and to live on mission because we were created and made to serve. 40% puts us at average. Just to get to average of the healthiest church in America, we gotta go from 24% to 40%. But you know what, Orchard Church? We don't wanna be average, amen? We wanna be better than that. But let's, let's just first make a goal of getting to average. What does that mean? What does that equate to? And I'm just being completely transparent and honest with you guys as your pastor, sharing my heart on this. It would take three to 400 more people this weekend signing up to serve on a ministry team for us to get to 40%. And not just sign up, but show up. It's one thing to sign up, it's another thing to show up and serve. Sometimes we have, we've had hundreds of people sign up to serve, but never have shown up to serve. That just to, just to get us to average is three to 400 new people. I'm not talking about those of you that are so faithful to serve all the time. Some of you, man, you serve uh, once a month, some of you twice, three, some of you serve every week. We're not asking you to step up and do more. We don't wanna burn you out. Now, if you're only serving once a month or once every quarter and you can say, I could do a little more, then that, that would be great. But really what we're talking about is the 76% of people that call Orchard Church their church home, but aren't serving anywhere at any time to say, you know what? I'm a Christ follower, and I'm never more like Jesus than when I pick up the towel and serve. I want to serve. I want to live on mission. I want to get in the game. I want to be a part of this. You see, because as disciples, it means we're a follower of Jesus. And here's one of my favorite definitions of discipleship. You're going to hear me say this a lot. I, I read this for the first time about six months ago, and man, it has stuck with me. You have it in your notes. Here's what a true disciple of Jesus is. A disciple is one who has moved from being the recipient of the church's mission to being responsible for the church's mission. I love that. A true disciple of Christ is someone who's moved from being the recipient of the church's mission of helping people find and follow Jesus to being responsible for the church's mission of helping people find and follow Jesus. And many of you, hundreds of you, have been the recipient of all that God is doing through this church. But now, would you pick up the towel and say, I don't want to just be the recipient. I don't want to just keep this to myself. I want to be responsible. I want to serve on a ministry team. I want to make a difference for the kingdom's sake. Because, see, we are a church family. 
Orchard Church, we are not an organization. We are a living organism. We are a family of believers. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And like any family, there's responsibilities uh, around the house. Uh, There's things that need to be done. And so when someone steps up to serve, we call them team members. You're part of the team helping us live on mission. But can you imagine what it would be like on a weekend here at Orchard Church if you showed up on a weekend And for some reason that weekend, nobody showed up to serve and no one decided to serve. Can you imagine what that might look like? Well, we did. Aren't you grateful that is not what we experience at Orchard Church because of the incredible people that serve, amen? But that would be what it would be like if no one stepped up to serve. Uh, You have this in your notes. You know, there's a lot of different ways uh, that churches approach uh, people trying to get them to step up and and serve. I've been in church most of my life. I've been in full-time vocational ministry. This is my 29th year. And every church I've been a part of, we're always encouraging people and challenging people to step up and serve on a ministry team. But uh, there are effective ways to approach people to get them to serve and there are ineffective ways. Let me give you a couple of ineffective ways uh, that we as a leadership team have just decided This is not how we're going to approach uh, getting people to serve at Orchard Church. You have these in your notes. The first one is what I call the take up your cross method of trying to get people to serve. The take up your cross method that basically says, you know, Jesus came to this earth. He took up his cross and he died for the sins of the world. So by golly, we should take up our cross and we we should serve and bear that cross and that burden like Jesus did. And we kind of take that method. How many of you as, as believers in Jesus Christ are grateful that Jesus took up his cross to save us from our sins? Would you 
you raise your hand nice and high? Raise them up. Leave them up. Leave them up. Okay, can we pan the crowd? Let's get this on video because you all just signed up to serve. Okay? I mean, come on. Jesus took up his cross and served. We should take up our cross and serve. We've decided not to take that approach. And, and here's why. Because if we use the take up the cross method, then it turns serving into just a burden, a cross to bear, a chore to get done instead of a privilege and an opportunity and what we were created for. Uh, here's another way that sometimes churches approach trying to get people to serve that we as a leadership team have decided to avoid. And that's what I'm gonna call the guilt and shame method. Now, now we're tempted sometimes to go with the guilt and shame, but we've said, no, we're gonna avoid the guilt and shame method to get people to serve. What does the guilt and shame method look like? It might look like something like this. If I tried to guilt and shame you into serving, maybe I would go over to OC Kids right now. I'd get like a second grade girl and bring her out on the stage in front of all of you. We'll call her Doug Anna. Okay, and so I would say, listen, church family, look at, there's Doug Ann, a little second grader here. She loves her children's class. She loves OC Kids. She gets to learn about Jesus on her level. But listen, we have nobody signed up to serve next week in, in OC Kids. So if you don't step up, then, then Doug Anna, I'm sorry, you're not gonna have a class next week. You're gonna have to sit in here with all the adults and it's not gonna be near as fun. It's gonna be really boring. She starts bawling and crying and we send her back out in the hall by herself because there's nobody out there to watch her anyway. And we guilt you and shame you into serving. And, and that sometimes can work for, for a season. But what happens is you get some burly guy that doesn't really like his own kids, let alone somebody else's kids. And he feels guilty and shameful. So he signs up to serve in OC Kids, but he doesn't really love kids and he doesn't really have a heart for kids. It's probably not the best place for him to serve. And it doesn't last very long and, and he quits. And so we've decided we're not going to go with the take up your cross method. We're not gonna go with the guilt and shame method. And, but that's sad that that's what a lot of churches, you know, revert to. And then what happens is serving just becomes a chore. It becomes a burden to bear, like taking out the trash or having to mow the lawn. And that motivation doesn't last. Here's the good news. There's a lot better reasons for us to serve. And this is how we're gonna approach serving. God created us to serve. God designed us to serve. God called us to serve, God and gifted us to serve. Listen, Orchard Church, serving as a follower of Christ is not something we have to do, it's something we get to do. I, I would hope somebody be excited about that. It's not something we have to do, it's something we have the privilege to do, to say, I'm going to live on mission to help people find and follow Jesus. I I'm gonna live like Jesus, I'm gonna do what Jesus did, and, and never am I more like Jesus than when I serve. I'm going to pick up the towel and make a difference. I'm gonna be a part of what God is doing. I'm not just gonna sit on the sidelines. I'm gonna make a difference. And you know, because God has designed us to serve and created us to serve, it feels good when we serve. You'll be amazed how, how good it feels, how fulfilling and satisfying it is because we're fulfilled and satisfied when we do what we were created to do. Let me illustrate it this way. By a show of hands, how many of you have ever gone to a restaurant, dropped a whole bunch of money, but when you left the restaurant, you're like, yeah, that really was a waste of money and time and it wasn't that great. Anybody been there? Like Casa Bonita, you know, you ever <laughs> done something like that? All right, yeah, and you're like, man, I spent the time and money and that was just a waste. Or, or maybe you spent a bunch of money on your family to go to a movie that you were excited about. You spend 50, 60 bucks on tickets and popcorn and all that. And then you leave afterward and you're like, yeah, that movie really was not that great. You been there? How many have been there? You've been disappointed? Yeah, didn't feel real good, did it? But how many of you have ever helped a neighbor in need? You stopped what you were doing and you helped them out. 
Maybe shovel snow off the driveway. We've been doing a lot of that lately. Maybe you, you've helped a homeless person and God laid on your heart to give them a meal, give them some money. Uh, maybe some of you've done this. You've gone on a mission trip to a third world country. You paid your own money, thousands of dollars, to go to the other side of the world to live in less than desirable conditions, sweat your butt off, but you come back and you go, man, that was a trip of a lifetime. That was one of the best things and the coolest things I've ever done. You know why? Because you served. Because you served. Because you were created to serve. We were created to serve, to make a difference. And there are so many opportunities here at Orchard Church to pick up the towel and serve like Jesus. There's, there's never been a greater time than right now, if this is your church home, to pick up the towel and serve like Jesus. We've got our biggest weekend of the year coming up in about six weeks. We call it the Super Bowl uh, weekend for the church. It's called Easter. This year at Orchard Church, we're going to have seven Easter services to accommodate the five to 6,000 people that are planning to come for Easter at Orchard Church. We believe hundreds of people are going to be turned from death to life and darkness to light and from hell to heaven on Easter weekend. And listen, but we, we can't do it alone. And it's an incredible opportunity to step up and serve on a ministry team. And then when we celebrate all of the amazing life change on Easter weekend, you can go, I was in on that. I picked up the towel. I didn't just watch it from the sidelines. I didn't just watch it from the stands. I was in the game. Here, here's another reason why there's no better time than now to have an opportunity to serve and pick up the towel on a ministry team here at Orchard Church. We're getting ready uh, to go uh, multi-site, starting our first location. In 2020, we're gonna launch a new Orchard Church location. It's gonna be Orchard Church in Thornton, Colorado. We're gonna be meeting at Stargate uh, Charter School. There is an interest meeting about that tonight at five o'clock in our, in our uh, multi-purpose room, if you're interested in that. But here's what's going to happen. We have a lot of people that are driving in from Orchard, and many of them are some of our most faithful people that serve on ministry teams at Orchard. They're going to go over there, and they're going to do there what they've been doing here. But you know what that's going to create? It's going to create a hole here. But what we say is it's going to create an opportunity here, an opportunity for other people to step in and say, you know, they're living on mission over there. I'm going to step up and step in and live on mission over here. And no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, there is a place for you to serve here at Orchard Church. And so we put together a little video I want to show you right now of all the various different opportunities there are here at Orchard Church to serve. I, I pray that you'll just open your heart right now that God might speak to you about one of these areas as we give you a behind-the-scene tour. OC Kids is not a babysitter's club. It's a ministry for the whole family. Dr. Seuss taught us that a person's a person no matter how small. So we host from ages infant to sixth grade. For our infants to two-year-olds, we provide a distraction-free learning environment for parents in the auditorium by loving and caring for their little ones in our classrooms. And then in our three-year-olds and up, we begin our Bible-based video curriculum lessons, which include worship. Everything is prepared for you. You don't have to recreate the wheel. We even provide a script. You just need to come ready to give a hug and a high five with a big smile. Okay, last time. Keep the ball over there. I'm Heidi and I love serving at OC Kids because it is such an impactful time in these young person's lives. You really get to see the kingdom of God changed through the eyes of kids and that is invaluable. I'm Susan and this is my husband David and we just started serving in OC Kids Latino. Um, came to the volunteer class and uh, just really felt like hugging kids every once in a while and being here for them is something that we could do. 
It's cool too to know that a hug is universal and a smile works no matter what language we speak. And that's really what we're supposed to give to our neighbors. Not speaking yeah. Spanish, it gave me courage to sign up because everything is in English and makes me feel like this is a place that we can yeah, make a difference and meet the need uh, here serving with OC Latino and meet some new people and excited to uh, do what we can. Fuel is our student ministry that meets on Sunday nights and it is for 6th through 12th grade students. An ideal fuel leader is someone who's energetic, likes being around students, and wants to help students find and follow Jesus. You could help us with our setup team, you can help us greet and make students feel welcome, or you could be a small group leader who helps really invest in students' lives and take their next steps in following Jesus. Hi, my name is Aaron Siba. And I'm Ashlyn Siba. Um, we've been working with Fuel for about four years now. It's difficult, obviously, <laughs> at times, but yeah. but they're worth it. And they, yeah. they need this. They need someone pouring into them. They need to know how much God loves them. They need to know that um, they're valued and that God has amazing things in their lives. And it's just been a real honor and privilege to be a part of what Fuel's been doing in their lives and to really to really be able to help them through that. So that's been an awesome thing. Yeah, so. just being a part of their lives and knowing that they are able to trust us and come to us and be able to just um, be in there and for them, be there yeah. in their life. There are lots of opportunities to be a part of admin. You can help us during the week. We have a lot of things going on as far as wrapping up from a Sunday. We help pe have people come in on a Monday that help us do that. And then we have people come in on Thursdays that help us get organized. You guys get all those newsletters um, on the Sunday. They get those wrapped up and ready for you guys to receive. We also have events like baptism and community events that we might need help with just on an as needed basis to get us ready and organized. And also we have classes such as Starting Point, the volunteer membership, just things that we need a smiling face to just be a presence and just help us out. Hi, my name is Kim Gorris. I volunteer on Thursday mornings helping out the admin staff get the bulletins ready, making sure there's a pen available and all the chairs. Um, I started volunteering honestly because I wanted to meet some more people in the church and now I've just found that it's a great way to help out all the admin with whatever they need and a social time too to uh, be with some other ladies. Creative Arts is made up of three teams. We have our communication team, which creates for the weekend. They, they do social media and photography and graphic design. Then we have our production team, and, and they're the ones that make the lights and the video and, and all the magic that you see and hear on the weekend happen. And, and then we've got our worship team, and they're the ones who are on stage leading us in musical worship each and every week. And so if you're an artist, you've been created to create. But, but more than that, if, if you have Jesus in your life, you've discovered who he is, and you've been created to use your creativity to help others find and follow Jesus. Because we desire that every service is equally excellent, our volunteers will serve for an entire weekend when they're scheduled. It might be once a month, it could be twice a month, but because of that commitment, we find ourselves being around each other and connecting far greater than we would if we were just serving once or twice on a weekend or once or twice on a month. So we would love for you to join our community of artists and help people find and follow Jesus through the weekend experience. My name's Timothy Schultz, and I serve on the production team. My name is Chrissy Schultz, and I serve on the worship team. And the reason why I love serving on the production team is it gives me the opportunity to fellowship with other believers and continue my walk and following Jesus Christ. 
And I love serving on the worship team because I love sharing my love of music with the crowd and just really being able to see everybody worshiping when I'm up on stage really just makes it all worth it. My name is Clayton, I'm on the production team and some weeks I do cameras and other weeks I'll do the slides for Pastor Doug. And one of the reasons I like to do production is because I've learned so much about production and I'm more engaged in the messages and really get more out of it. But the main reason I do it is because I have a part in helping people find Jesus. Guest service is really your first impression here at Orchard Church. Whether you're a first time guest or you're a regular attender, guest services really sets the stage for your experience here at Orchard Church. If you volunteer with guest services, you get to be part of the mission here at Orchard Church to help people find and follow Jesus. Our parking team is the first people that you see as you turn into our parking lot. They make sure that we get in and out safely and quickly, and they also save spots right here for our first time guests. As you walk into the church, we always have greeters. If you notice, every time you get the door open for you, they make a very friendly first impression for all of our guests, whether you've been here for a while or it's your first time. Our first impression teams is a table that everyone stops at as soon as they get here if you're a first time guest. You get to ask questions, find out why they came to Orchard, and you get to give them a gift. Hospitality team is where you get, we make cookies, coffee, donuts, create a welcoming environment for any of our guests that walk into the church. Our next step team really answers any questions that people would have about Orchard Church. Also, they help people get signed up for the next step they're gonna take in their walk with Jesus. Our I Said Yes team gets to talk to people immediately when they just said yes to Jesus. Our host team, this is our team inside the auditorium. They greet you when you walk in, they hand a newsletter, help you get a seat, pass the buckets for our offering, and reset the auditorium between services. Our safety team, really keeps us safe while we're in church, and they're also trained to respond to any emergency that might happen during one of our services. Hi, Hi. I'm Martha. And I'm Ruth. And I'm Christelle. And we serve at the first here table at Orchard. And my favorite thing personally about serving is meeting all the new guests and understanding them and where they came from and their background. Uh, my favorite thing is serving the Lord with my siblings, my friends, and new people that I get to meet. And my favorite thing is just um, welcoming people and helping them find and follow Jesus. And the last thing that we like mm -hmm. is the <laughs> t-shirts <laughs> and the mugs that yes. we get. That's the cherry on top. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love those three sisters. They're awesome. But Martha needs to get rid of that New England Patriot t-shirt and put on an orchard shirt. Can we agree with that, orchard? <laughs> but hey, that's just a little sneak peek behind the scene tour of Orchard Church and all the opportunities to serve. There's something for everyone, um, no matter where you're at on your spiritual journey. Most of the areas uh, you can serve in, you don't have to be a member of Orchard Church. There's no prerequisites. Um, if you serve in OC Kids, we do a background check for safety reasons, but uh, there's something for everyone. We try to match people based on their passion, their personality and availability. You just let us know. We'll find a team for you to serve on. Um, we wanna make this very practical today. We're praying um, as a leadership team that we'll have three, four, 500 people uh, this weekend that will step up and say, I wanna live on mission. I wanna serve on a ministry team here at Orchard Church. We've tried to make this as simple as possible. So when you came in today, you had a card on your seat, the 90 day serve challenge. Please take those out right now if you would. Um, and if you're not serving on a team and God will lay on your heart to do this, and I hope you will, then all you need to do is fill this out. Give us your name, email, and phone number. Make sure it's legible so we can read it. Sometimes you guys write 
write like doctors and so we can't contact you. So put that on there. And then if you know what team you would be interested in serving on, if that's OC Kids or Fuel, Student Ministry, Guest Services, Creative Arts, Admin, or OC Latino, just check that box. Somebody from that area of ministry will reach out to you, tell you everything you know, get you onboarded, and you can immediately start serving. If you're not sure where you would like to serve, or maybe you've got some questions, but you say, I'm willing to serve and step up and do that, then just check wherever I'm needed, someone will reach out to you and they'll find the best fit for you. Why are we calling it the 90 day serve challenge? Here's why. We're asking you to step up and serve for 90 days. Now, obviously you're not gonna be serving every day for 90 days. We have weekend services. You may only serve four or five times uh, in the next 90 days, but if at any point in that 90 days or after that 90 days, the area you're serving in just isn't quite um, working for you, it's not the right fit for you, that's okay. Let us know. We'll find another area that will be a good fit for you to you will find a place that you'll fit in. But if you're new to Orchard Church, I challenge you, man, step up, be a part of the team and what God is doing. If you've served in the past and maybe you've taken a break, it's time to get back in the game and start serving. But the question is this, Orchard Church, Jesus modeled it for us. Will we pick up the towel like he did? And will we say, I, I'm gonna serve. I'm not just gonna talk about it. I'm not just gonna think about it. I'm not gonna just pray about it. I, I, because Jesus said, we are blessed when we do these things. We're blessed when we do what Jesus did, when we serve like J Jesus. And when we serve, we are living on mission to help people find and follow Jesus. We have a part in every story and life change and we join God where he's at work. Why? Because God has called us as a church. We are a church of contributors, not consumers. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I pray that we would put action and feet to this message from your word today and that we would follow your example to serve the way you served us. As we continue an attitude of prayer right, right now with heads bowed and eyes closed, I hope some of you right now are filling out that card, getting ready to drop that in the offering bucket. My invitation to you is to step up and serve on a ministry team and live on mission here at Orchard Church. Don't put it off any longer. But if you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we're not asking you to serve, we're asking you to accept by faith the one who came to this earth 2,000 years ago to serve us in the greatest way that anyone could ever serve us. He gave his life for us. He laid down his life to pay for our sins that separated us from a relationship with God. And if we'll put our faith and trust in Jesus, we can be saved, we can be forgiven. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. If you've never made that decision, that's why we exist here at Orchard Church, to help people find and then follow Jesus. And I wanna give you an opportunity to do that. In every service this weekend, we've had many people that have said yes to Jesus for the first time. And I believe there's some that God has brought you to this time and this place for that reason, to accept the gift of salvation. I'm gonna pray a prayer of faith out loud in just a moment. It's not a magic prayer or magic words, but if you'll say this and mean it in faith and belief from your heart to God's, you can invite Jesus in your, to your life today. You can have a fresh start and have your sins forgiven and a relationship with God. If that's you, you know who you are. Would you pray this prayer right now? And it goes like this. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I'm saying yes to you today. Yes, be my Lord. Yes, be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I want to know and follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for serving me by dying for me that I might have life. Thank you. Thank you. So we continue an attitude of prayer with heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment. Nobody looking around. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But if you just prayed that prayer of faith, 
for the very first time, and I know some of you did, I would love the privilege to pray for you that you grow in your relationship with Jesus from this day forward. So without anyone else looking around, I'm gonna count to three, I'm gonna count to three. If you prayed that prayer, will you slip up your hand nice and high? One, two, three, just lift it up all across the auditorium. God bless you, ma'am, right here. God bless you, sir, right here. God bless you, way in the back. Yes, one, two, three, four, five people on my left over here. Yes, God bless you on my right. Yes, two or three people way over here on the right. Yes, amen, amen. That's what it's all about. That's why we exist, Orchard. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we welcome our new brothers and sisters in Christ and the family of God. We pray that we would come alongside of them, meet them where they are to help them grow in their new life and relationship with you. And Lord, may we live out the example you set for us to serve others the way you have served us in so many ways and in the most important way by giving your life for us and knowing that when we do, we are doing what we were created and designed to do. We will find fulfillment and satisfaction and we'll be blessed when we pick up the towel and we do these things. We pray all this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Doug, we would love to get you a copy of this Yes booklet. The decision you made is the most important decision of your life and we wanna help you take your next steps. To get a copy of this booklet and to let us know about your decision, simply email us at yes at orchard.church.